Welcome back to the Retired Blackout Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Chastity, and today's guest is from the East Coast out on Long Island, New York. His name is Chris Fontana, and he has a really, really groovy accent. Um, His recovery date is Christmas Day of 2017. He is also the creator of Go Primal. Go, go primal apparel also getting a little tongue-tied there um we're going to talk his story is very interesting because he talks about his anxiety he talks about how crippling it can be which hearing him talk you know i've heard people talk about it before and i just think oh they're you know they get nervous or whatever when they talk about anxiety but listening to chris i mean it's it can be very crippling it can keep you from so much of life. One of the quotes that he he said um, is, be the best for the people that need you most, which is so important. You know, when we get sober or we're in recovery, um, you know, we're doing it for ourselves, of course, but also we can be the best version for those that love us and that need us. So give this a listen. Listen to the similarities, as I always say. And uh, coming to you from the Red Couch Studio! So, um, you're New York. So, Lindenhurst, is that, where is that at in New York? It's in uh, Long Island. You know what Long Island oh, is? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's on, uh, yeah, it's on, out on Long Island, Suffolk County. Um, cool. Probably, you don't probably know what that is, but no, I, I've heard, I mean, I've heard of Long Island, so okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Suffolk County, you probably didn't know, but basically, we have two counties on Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk. So, I'm in Suffolk, okay. Um, yeah, so Long, Long Island, Long Island iced tea, I know that well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I've, unfortunately, yeah, we probably know that well. Well, <laughs> well I, I like two things about you. I was going to say, I love two things about you, but I like two things about you because you're in recovery and you're also big into fitness. And, uh, you know, those are two things that are my passions also. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think for a lot of people in recovery, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, whether you get sober first and then get into fitness or fitness first and then get sober, which kind of, I went that route. I, I, went with the fitness route first and then eventually was able to get sober but uh yeah i think it's i think it's a huge part of recovery is is being active and 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 mm-hmm. really just trying to be be the best version of yourself and just stay as healthy as long as you can after we punished our bodies for how long and it's like we kind of going the other way now right yeah um yeah so you were talking about so the, yeah the fitness part like gets us out of our head type of thing. I mean, it does, you know, the endorphins and everything make us feel good. Um, but also just kind of clears that head, clears that cloudiness that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's big. It's really, for me, the biggest part was why really I say I got into fitness first, um, before getting sober was I had so much issues with anxiety and, and, you know, panic attacks where, I, it just helps me so much to this day. It still helps me, you know, just to relieve that anxiety. And I still have some, you know, I call them anxious moments, um, but nothing like I, I did, you know, back when, when I was younger and went through 
a good 10 plus years of just severe panic attacks every day you know oh, really and, yeah it was it was hard i mean i don't wish that on my worst enemy you know <laughs> like there was it feels like you're dying it feels like you're having a heart attack you know and i i went through and i would say for most of that you know 10 plus years or whatever um i didn't know what it was i had no idea what it was i just never went to a doctor i just kind of assumed something was wrong with me and i was gonna die young you know my dad died when you know young he, my dad was 42 when he died i was only yeah. 13 um i'm 42 now which is like fucking cra- oh sorry i don't know if you're I'm fine you're okay fine. <laughs> um yeah it's pretty it's like crazy to me that i'm i'm 42 now and like this year was definitely a big reflection year because mm. i'm like wow like i never never thought like obviously yeah when my dad passed i was sad and i thought about him but i never like realized how much he got cheated out on you know it was always like me you know because we're still here we're still you know dealing with life mm-hmm. and you know i just looked at it like i didn't have my dad anymore and you saw people doing things with their dad and like i would get upset and i felt cheated and then now when i'm 42 and i'm like god damn and he was young as shit like yeah i feel like i had my whole life ahead of me I know, you know yeah. and at the time when when you're young you always think your parents as old <laughs> you know i know <laughs> I looked at, I thought he was an old man, but I'm like, fuck, if he was, you know, now I'm 42. I'm like, there's no way. Like, how, how was he that young, man? He got, he got cheated out on a lot of shit, you know? And like I said, it was just a, a big reflection year for me. Was, was his, you said it was uh, health issues. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah. He had cancer. He, um, okay. you know, he, he was, he was a smoker. He smoked cigarettes, you know, which most people did back then, you right. know, this is early nineties. So, um, yeah, he just got cancer and, and the bottom of his uh, throat where it meets the uh his stomach and you know that was it it was it was tough to see man you see someone that's you know a big big strong person in your life you know that was my superman you know and you see him in the hospital bed just withering away to nothing when that you know at the end he didn't even know we were there so it was, it was definitely uh definitely tough definitely affected me and definitely you know contributed to to my drinking and numbing myself so I'm really sorry. <clears throat> sorry about that. I mean, yeah, that's got to be rough. I still have both my parents and I can't imagine like there was a time where I wish I didn't, you know, have to have them in yeah, my yeah. life. <laughs> but, you know, now I can't imagine, you know, not having them in my life. But um, so the anxiety started. I just wanted to kind of clarify. Did it start like around the time he got sick or was it? No, it was actually it was it was much later. <clears throat> um, okay. Like I said, I was 13 and I was I was. It was the summer, basically, or I should say right at the end of eighth grade. So basically it was uh, when he passed, it was, you know, going into high school the next year, mm-hmm. you know, so you kind of start in that. And, you know, I just kind of floated through the four years of high school and, you know, I played sports a lot, you know, and, and everything on the outside seemed fine, you know, because you're still in your home, you know, around people. We had a lot of family on Long Island. So around, you know, my friends who I grew up with. So you, you're in a in a normal in a uh, comfortable setting, I should say, and you know, so it was. You kind of just we just went on with life, you know. I didn't talk about it much. Everything I felt, I I just kept in, you know, and and started drinking. I would say and getting drunk in high school, like any normal high school kid would, like around 16 or so, and uh, just basically on the weekends we'd party. We'd you know, like I said, I played sports pretty much all year round through through four years of high school, and. You know, but I always had this like chip on my shoulder. You know, I was always pissed off that my dad wasn't there watching the games. Mm-hmm. You know, and just kind of kept everything inside. You know, and then 
really when when it started was going away to college um you know i i saw everyone else like you know when you go to college and their parents are dropping them off and and so again that chip started getting bigger i started kind of getting pissed off and, and you know you get that why me type of uh you know attitude mm-hmm. you know and i was i was gonna go to college to play baseball and things didn't work out i just really just started like that was when i just really just drank too much you know you have all that freedom in college you know and yeah i just had this feeling of just not giving a shit about anything you know and i would just just drink you know and drink and hang out and never never went to class and you know after the first semester i believe i had i was three d's and an f was my uh my uh grade so it was not not good (laughs) and uh (laughs) you know they put you on like academic probation after that and you know of course i played it off like i don't give a shit you know meanwhile you know, you know, the shit was kind of killing me because I, I know if my if I'm disappointed in myself, I know my dad was probably looking down mm-hmm. disappointed. I mean, that wasn't me, too. I was always a pretty good you know, student in high school. You know, I always, you know, basically just did my work, didn't, you know, and, and paid attention in class. <laughs> it was really so to that was definitely not not me in college. Um, and I kind of just went with it because I maybe I didn't know who the who the fuck I was. You know, I was just kind of losing myself and really I just played it off as being the loud, obnoxious kid from New York that drank a lot, you know, this because this school was in a small school in Virginia, you know, and that's kind of what I put out there and that's what people thought me as. So that's what I'm like, fuck it. That's what I went with. And like I yeah. said, just drank a lot, drank a lot and didn't go to class and ended up after the first year failing out of college and you know, it was it was around that time going through that first year of college when I started like just feeling these like weird type of feelings. Like I said, I didn't know what it was for a while. So but I just knew something was off. I didn't feel right. You know, and the only time I did is when I drank. It just numbed everything, you know, mm-hmm. and really when I was, I would say, 18, 19 years old, I was already going to bars and, and blacking out when, you know, drinking wise. Wow. And it, it it was that early where it wasn't even fun anymore. You know, because I did have fun times, obviously, when, right. you know, in high school, you're hanging out with your your friends is the first time you're really drinking. You know, you have like four beers and you're like, holy shit. And, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like you feel you're having fun. Yeah. Um, But that just really went went downhill pretty quick when it when it came to just drinking to numb myself and just not feel anything, you know, and I feel that chip and not feel that depression and really not to feel that weird feeling that I was feeling. And um, after I failed out of college that first year and ended up coming home, that was, you know, that was when really like the depression started, like the self-loathing started because I was just looking at myself and being like, dude, I'm one of those fucking people that I thought I would never be like, you know, when you're in high school and you see those yeah. kids come back from, uh, oh, they couldn't handle college. Fucking. Yeah. They suck. Dude, you know? and, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to. I'm going to go go to college and graduate in four years because that's what my brother did. He actually he was he just graduated. He was about to graduate high school when my dad passed. So he he had to start college right when my dad passed away, you know, and I, I look back. I'm like, fuck, man, how do you do that? that uh, that's got to be tough. But, you know, he, he he was you know, he was a smart kid. He was a lot smarter than me. So he, he graduated pretty in four years and does real well. Even to this day, does real well. Um, so that's what I thought I, that, that I was going to do. 
you know, I went to college. Hey, I'm going to graduate in four years. It's you know, this is easy. Like that's the plan, and, and not, that's going to work yeah. that way, right? <laughs> no, I did not. And <laughs> so we all have the only those thing I, I was good at was, was drinking. So that's what I went with, you know. And yeah, like I said, that's really when everything just started going downhill. Is when when I came home and those feelings <laughs> that I was feeling got worse. Um, you know, like I said, I didn't know what what it was. I would just feel like something was wrong with me and i'm like ah fuck it i'm probably gonna die young anyway um you know 22 was basically probably i would say my first rock bottom um you know on a blackout drunk drove uh crashed into five park cars just totaled my jeep you know thank god to this day i I thank god every day that no one else was involved no one else got hurt right um you know i just banged myself up had reconstructive knee surgery so you know i was out of commission for like a good eight months and of course, you know, that's when you have a lot of time to just sit there and think. And that's when more of the depression came, more of the self-loathing came, more of the anxiety came. I gained, started gaining a lot of weight. Um, and I didn't learn my lesson. As soon as I was able to basically, you know, crutch around, I was already going to the bars again with my, my friends. They would pick me up. I'd go and I had this huge knee brace on. I'm sitting in a bar drinking. And just, you know, by the time I, I was... You know, in my mid twenties, dude, I was huge. I was, I was just full out, basically having panic attacks at that time. Still didn't know what it was. You know, anything I did physical, I'd be like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna have a heart attack. My heart's gonna explode." I'm so, you know, and that was just my mind every day for for that long, where I just thought I was gonna die, and like the mental warfare that went on in my head that no one, no one had any idea about. I was going to ask you that if like any of your friends or your family, anybody, brother, nobody noticed. No, no one knew about that at all. And and like I said, by my mid 20s, it was just full blown. And 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 I always worked like manual labor, physical jobs. So anything, (laughs) anything was physical was would cause panic attacks. If I had a a sip of coffee, dude, it would like trigger a panic attack because obviously your heart rate's going to go up a little bit and that was just a trigger to me and all of a sudden i'd be like, holy shit and i would be able to talk myself into having a panic attack because i'd be like oh i think i'm having one come i think i feel off and then bam and- like fuck i'm having one you know it was just the mind is such a powerful thing where uh, and that went on until you know i would say i was 30 years old when i finally ended up getting a job where i had health insurance for one thing so then i was like you know what i need to see what the fuck is going on because i cannot deal with this anymore you know i was at my worst i was like 300 pounds really um yeah it was just i just absolutely hated myself hated everything about myself hated everything about the situation i was in you know the fact that i was still holding on to the fact that i failed out of college i was still holding on to the fact that like i messed everything up like when I went to college and just lost that whole opportunity and, and didn't do anything that and I crashed my car that I gained all this weight that mm-hmm. I ruined. I don't know how many family parties, weddings and friendships along the way. And just like everything was just coming crashing down on me where and, uh, and I've and I've, I've told this story before. And I, and I remember just looking in the mirror and just looking at myself. But it felt like I was like out of my body being someone else looking at me if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. and just sitting there and just telling looking in the mirror and saying i hate you i fucking hate you and it was like like i said the weirdest feeling because it felt like i was outside my body someone else looking at me being saying saying that and that was a powerful 
powerful thing because I mean you you can really say you hate yourself and actually mean it. Oh yeah. It it is tough to live with, you know, and like I said, that was at 30 years old when when I finally was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired and I I finally went to the doctor and did all the tests, the heart test, the head wore the monitors for 24 hours, did the, you know, the stress test, did all that shit and Basically, the doctor was like, there's nothing wrong with you other than you're overweight. You have high blood pressure. And he wanted to put me on medication. And I remember telling him, like, no, nah, no fucking way. Dude. I'm, I'm way too young for that. I'm yeah. not doing that. He's like, all right, I'll give you about a month to kind of see what you can do and, and come back and, and we'll check on you. And, and you know, basically, I was like, all right. Um, but so what the fuck, you know, what is wrong with me then? And he's like, you ever talk to a, a psychiatrist or, or a therapist or anything? And I was like, no. And. He's like, you know, it could be anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, anxiety, you know, like you don't really think that it can cause that much like physical symptoms. Like mm-hmm. to me, I always thought like, anxiety was like, you just kind of like think something, you know, like anxiety causes you to think a certain way or whatever it was. And just a little nervous. To actually have like physical symptoms where you like, mm-hmm. there'll be times when my arm would go numb and I'm like, holy shit, dude, what the fuck? Like I'm having a heart attack. You know, it would, it would wow. just fuck with your head so much. Like to actually have physical symptoms from it was kind of mind blowing to me. And at first I was like, all right, a little relieved. And then all of a sudden I was like, so how the fuck do I fix this? Then? <laughs> like, what, what? Yeah. I, I don't know how to fix like anxiety. And, you know, I ended up, I remember that day actually is when I went and signed up for, for a gym membership. And, um, cause I was like, like I said, there's no way I'm going on blood pressure medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was it was a long time since I exercised. You know, like I said, in high school, I was always playing sports. Even, you know, after that, I would I would mess around and play some summer leagues with basketball. So I was always kind of staying active until after that car accident at 22 is when everything, yeah. I just stopped and I just gained all that weight. So, you know, again, it was about eight years or so before, I, before you know, I was doing any type of physical activity. You know, I would try to run here and there throughout that, but it never worked out. Um, <laughs> so going to the gym, you know, it was, it was tough because even though they said it was anxiety, I would still have the attacks and I would still be convinced that I'm going to have a heart attack and drop dead in the gym, you know, and, and going to the therapist, they put me on, you know, medication with, with the Xanax and the mm-hmm. Lexapro. And she's like, take the Xanax until the Lexapro takes about 30 days to kind of kick in or whatever. And. You know, I mean, it was a low, low dose Xanax, like, a, you know, 0.25, whatever it was. And I remember I would take like four of them and I would tell her, oh, yeah, I took four of them to go. To the, and she's like, how would that make you feel? I'm like, normal. You know, it made me normal to be able to go to the gym. So she kind of like up the dosage a little to try to keep me from taking. But I ended up taking the same, you know, it was 0.5 or whatever. And I would just take two of them because mm-hmm. it really just calmed me down so much that it made me just feel normal. Um you know, and, and that kind of helped and going to the gym, you know, the panic attacks were still there, you know, and even with the medication, you know, it helped a little, but then there was still times where it would just like have a full blown attack. And, um, you know, I remember just one in particular that was just, you know, I was at the gym going on the treadmill for about five minutes or so, even if I made five minutes on, I, I don't even think I did had just like, bam, just hit me. And like, I literally thought I was going to die, drop dead, hit the stop button on the treadmill, fucking walked out of the gym, got my car, drove home crying, got into my Mm. apartment and was just like, I just don't know how I'm going to beat this. I I need to 
get pet. Like I hated myself so much because of how I looked and how I felt, but I didn't know how to fix that because every time I went to the gym, I'll be having these panic attacks. And it's so and, discouraging. Like when you, yeah, <clears throat> because you want to do it and you want to be able to lose that weight or see a difference. And then when you're not and you can't, it's so discouraging. Yeah. You, you, you just want to give up, mm -hmm. you know, you, it's like, it's it's just so discouraging it's just so like just like a, a like you feel like you just got shot <laughs> like you don't know what what to do and you know i remember just it was just something in me it was just that was when i like something in my mind just kind of clicked and my why of not wanting to hate myself anymore was just so fucking powerful that i was like you know what you ran five minutes today dude you're running six minutes tomorrow and you had the goal that was just kind of my mindset from that day forward and you know like i call it you know my, my own personal brand is go primal i call it the primal mindset and i didn't know it at the time because you know and but that was just the primal mindset to, to me where it was develop a short memory i didn't give a fuck what happened that day tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna go you know and you know each day i got a little bit better a little bit stronger a little bit faster i lost a little bit of weight um that was when i really noticed how much nutrition played into it because this and then like eventually like i uh, had this like trainer at the gym who um gave me this kind of this, like nutrition plan and i didn't know like there was no calorie counting or anything like that if i had to guess just by now like kind of thinking about it now it was probably about 2,000 calories a day and if you go from eating like absolute shit and drinking and doing yeah. all that to, to that and and working out and i was like an all or nothing type of person so my mindset kind of like from that day forward, man, I was going to the gym like twice a day, one in the morning, one in the evening, you know, like <laughs> seven days a week. And, and I dropped a lot of weight, like pretty, you know, and, and I remember it was like two months or so. And I was actually able to stop drinking for those two months too, which I'm sure helped. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the panic attacks started becoming less and less. They would still be there, but it would, you know, maybe go weeks and not have one. And then it wouldn't even be that bad when I had one. And then all of a sudden it was just not non-existent, you know, and I have anxious, I call them anxious moments still today, but nothing like they were. And, um, you know, it, it was, that, that was it. And that, that was like, that just gave me that confidence to, to be like, wow, man, you, you can fucking overcome anything, you know? And, you know, I've, I, and I, I truly believe like my, my father was looking down and kept me alive because at 22, when I crashed my Jeep, I wish I could say that was the last time I drink and drove. And it was not, it was yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of time because I didn't get sober until I was 38. So this all happened when I was about 30 and I was still drinking and driving, blacking out pretty much every time I drank, I blacked Black out, out. Yeah. you know, and I was able to <clears throat> stop those two months where I was able to drop you know, a lot of weight pretty quickly. And that kind of like gained that momentum and showed me the confidence that I can overcome it. And it was just the, the alcohol still was kind of holding on to me and still keeping me from staying consistent, mm -hmm. you know, and there was many, you know, incidents from that, you know, it was a failed marriage through that, you know, I was married at, at around 30 years old, you know, and the person I, that, of my first marriage she was with me when i was about since actually right after i got that accident was when i met her um so that marriage obviously failed the alcohol played you know a part in that um just many times of, of just 
another reconstructive surgery on my face because of alcohol, you know, oh, and, really? and yeah, it just, it just didn't stop. And it got worse and worse and worse as I got older. Cause you know, the older you get, the consequences get worse. Like, you know, you start <laughs> yes. doing that, and, you know, and, and I would drink at work, you know, that was my escape to, to hide it from, you know, my wife. And then eventually after that, you know, I, got you know married again or i'm married today but at the time when she was my girlfriend my the second uh wife you know it was like the same thing you know we weren't living together so it was easy to hide the drinking mm -hmm. if we weren't hanging out i went out if we hung out i didn't you know i wouldn't really drink you know and then eventually she caught on to that and you know it, it's just it's like the same thing over and over again you know yeah. so at this time when i'm 38 you know my my last drink was you know december 24th 2017 so i got a, a december 25th christmas day sober date you know I so i'm not i'm not losing that one you know, <laughs> that, that's all I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to and coming up on five years this year that's and awesome you know once i was able to um get sober at 38 is when everything came together you know and i was able to let like shed that last like 20 20 pounds or so maybe 20 to 30 pounds whatever it was you know, where ultimately now I, I, you know, at 42, since at my worst at 300 is, is 100 pounds down and able to keep that off and able to keep that fitness going and able to keep that that mindset going of being like, fuck it, you wake up today, you go today, you know, and I, it's just the way things worked out for me, you know, like, I actually, and I, and I, you know, I'm always careful how I say this, but I think overcoming that anxiety and overcoming that depression and being able to push through that and, and lose like a lot of that weight and, and really helped me getting sober where I feel like it, it wasn't, it was harder for me to get over that anxiety, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, just because the mental warfare that went on for so long where I thought I was going to die every day. And honestly, it was the worst darkest days of my life but today i look at them and those are the best fucking days of my life because that just got me so mentally strong where if you think you're gonna die every day okay. for 10 plus years and you can get past that and you know you're, you're pretty pretty you know you're ready for for everything you know and that that was my mentality when i finally got sober you know and you go into the rooms you know of aa and they talk about you know oh that one day at a time it was like huh it's kind of like I've been there before, you know, just fucking I wake up today, I go today, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it really like for me and, 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 you know, mentally I hit that rock bottom, you know, like, like I said, Christmas Eve, it was just a horrible, horrible Christmas Eve where my wife, you know, kicked me out the next day. Like, I, you know, I passed out and don't remember anything and, you know, pissed myself for I don't know how, how many hundredths of time and, mm -hmm. and you know, and christmas day she's like get out and you know so christmas night i'm in a hotel room eating burger king because it's the only thing open <laughs> you know and i'm like this is where the fucking drink has led me you know and it's the one thing i couldn't get past like i i was able to get over all that other shit and lose weight and get confidence and kind of love myself again but there was this one thing that was just keeping me from being the best version of myself and that was the alcohol and that was when i made that decision like fuck it that's no more and that was the last time I had a drink was at Christmas Eve. So that's awesome. That is awesome. This is such, I love your story. It is. It's like, and I can't imagine like 10 plus years of living with like a crippling anxiety. Just you talking about it. I had no idea it could be 
like you said, that physical, like where you really think you're going to yeah. die. <clears throat> and just, you yeah. know, everything it's, in your head too. It's not just in your head. I mean, but it, it just takes over. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, and, and it probably started in my head and it probably started before I even knew like what, it, you know, that it was anxiety. It's just, you know, feeling that disappointment in yourself and just feeling like a failure and just constantly thinking that every day. And eventually that just turned into like physical symptoms. And, you know, it's crazy how long I went <laughs> with it and by, and not saying anything to anyone, you know, and I have people today that, that, you know, I known my whole life have been like, man, I had no idea. And, and I didn't put this out until a few years ago when uh when covid hit and that's when i actually started my my personal brand was you know 2 years ago and that's when i first started putting shit out on on social media cuz i hated talking about myself mm -hmm. i still do I, you know but i'm getting <laughs> you know more comfortable with it but you know it's i just don't like attention on me whether it's good or bad you know i'm just i have that i get uncomfortable but um i said fuck it and i started putting shit on on social media about me and my story and it kind of like caught on and people, you, like I said, that I know my whole life were just like, man, I had no idea, you know? And, and that's to me, like, if I can help someone that's kind of going through that, then, then that's kind of like where I kind of went with the, uh, with my whole brand, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely want to build a community where I can help people. And I have the podcast and I, I have the mindset coaching. And then I know the other aspect of it is the apparel and the clothing and you know that's great i want people to wear the confidence you know to perform like a champion you know and that's why i would say cause, you know champions they don't always win but they always get up you know and, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the mentality you gotta have that's all right so what's the response been like on, on your instagram like the uh you know putting your story out there what's the response been from everyone around the world um i mean definitely people have reached out First of all, you know, like congratulating me, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and, and people come out and, and say, how'd you get started? How, like, I'm looking to quit drinking. How'd you do it? Or, you know, I'm dealing with anxiety and I, it's so great to hear your story, whether it gives you hope and it helps people out. Or sometimes people, you know, like I said, when I was going through it and didn't say anything to me, that's the fucking loneliest feeling in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt alone every day, you know, because I didn't think anyone else knew what the fuck I was going through, you know. So when people just hear that other people are going through it and they look at you and they say, man, he did it. Fuck it. I can do it. You know, and, and I'm hoping that's what the, the feeling is that everyone gets, you know, anyone that needs the help. Yeah. Let's talk about your brand. You want to tell us yeah. like, uh, like uh, the name of the podcast and where, like you said, clothing um, where people can find that yeah definitely it's uh the podcast is called uh go primal the podcast um it's on spotify and and you can get the links to through through my instagram um my personal instagram is chris fontana gp all one word um and yeah it's it's the brand itself is called go primal um i really started it by just putting it on apparel just because i didn't like i don't know shit about marketing and or anything <laughs> like that you know and you so didn't finish just, college, I, that's why. No, I'm kidding, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fucking college <laughs> dropout. What do I know? <laughs> so, 
So is um, you know, so in the beginning, I just kind of put it on apparel just to kind of I felt like that was the easiest way for people to see what the logo mm-hmm. was. And in my mind, it's going to be like people make like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to buy it, you know, but it doesn't really work out that way because they don't know what the fuck old primal is. You know, it's not like Nike where you buy everyone knows what it is and, and Adidas and all that. Um, so I kind of started it with the apparel and 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 just kind of trying to sell stuff off, you know, through the website or whatever, and just basically posting stuff about apparel and trying to build up the um, the Go Primal Instagram, which uh, which is Go Primal Apparel. And as maybe I would say a year of that, um, then I started kind of switching gears a little bit and, and kind of being like you know what the brand is me you know the the, the brand is my my lifestyle it was my mindset mm-hmm. and you know go primal to me is you know i think of like a lion that's on a hunt they rely on their instincts you know they they see something that they need to survive and and they don't stop until they get it you know they're hunting for food for survival and to me that's what it was like i saw something that i wanted and i wasn't going to stop until i got it and that that's kind of how it all started and i was like you know what yeah i'm gonna start talking about myself and i went out you know and with my personal instagram just started building it up a little bit more and talking about my story and talking about how i was able to overcome things and what go primal first of all what it was and what it meant and just that mindset that you have to have and i wanted to build a community and you know i call it gp nation i have a free group chat where people can come on and we help you know, hold each other accountable and nice. whether you got, you know, fitness goals, personal goals, business goals, like you need some mindset help, whatever it is. And, you know, we all help each other out. And, you know, and it's funny, I, you know, I never I started with apparel. I didn't think I would have a podcast because, first of all, I hate talking. So <laughs> I guess. But I, I'm I love your voice, though. I'm, yeah. I love listening <laughs> to you talk. All right. Well, that's good. <laughs> but it was, you know, and I kind of was like, all right, you you hate something you might as well do it because then you get better at it and you eventually mm. will like it and you know and i love doing the podcast now you know and i so i have the podcast and then someone i used to work with kind of saw what i was doing on social media and reached out and was like hey i really need some help with it was some motivation and staying consistent with things and i was kind of like all right and then i made a little pivot into like mindset coaching you know and i call it the primal mindset you know develop the primal mindset never settle be the best for the people that need you most Ah, oh, I like that. I kind of, I kind of went that way with it now. So I have the three aspects of the of the brand. You have the apparel, the podcast, and, and the mindset. And to me, it just goes kind of hand in hand with, you know, the three things to me where you, to be the best version of yourself. You have fitness, nutrition, and, and mindset. You know, and that's what I kind of with the mindset coaching kind of help people with because. You know, and I tell them, listen, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not certified. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know, you know, I didn't go to schooling for any of that. I can kind of just tell you what worked for me, how I was able to stay consistent, you know, 42 years old now. And, you know, I lost 100 pounds, able to keep it off. So I know must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know how to stay consistent every day, stay consistent with the mindset to when something happens, not to be like, oh, fuck, why me? It's like, no, try me. Keep going. You know, you just got to, you know, pick yourself up, train your mind and and do hard things when, when you can. Cause then when life throws hard shit at you and it will, your mind's going to know, all right, we've been here before and we know what to do and your instincts will kick in and, and you just got to keep going. And that's what I try to help people with. I love that. I love it. You're, ma- <laughs> you're making me cause I didn't usually, I, I am a personal trainer. Nazm certified. And, uh, 
I had a total hip replacement three years ago. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah, because drinking will ruin your bones, kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, had that, and then I was able to get up and move. And then, yeah, the mindset, like, this is what I want. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to get it. So I started doing uh, walks, you know, every day, take my dog for a walk. So we did like two miles a day. It started out like that, and I noticed the weight coming off. So I ended up losing 50 pounds, and I've kept it off. And nice. But, yeah, just your your mindset changes. You feel so much better mm-hmm. um, because I was the same way. Like, Chris, I would wake up in the morning, and the first thoughts through my head were, you know, I hate myself, I hate myself. I ha-. It was yeah. like a chant in my head every morning when I would wake up hungover. Um, but, yeah, so – yeah, this is just really good. And now you, now I'm energized because I didn't go on my walk. But your your little oh, right. your pep talk there is like, okay, now I need to go get the dogs, and we're gonna go on our walk tonight. Nice, <laughs> nice. So your wife does she? I'm assuming you probably still go to the gym like every day. Still do that. You still got that mindset. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say go to the gym every day, but I stay active. You stay every active, day. yeah. Um, you know, and. I have you know young kids now. I have a three-year-old boy and and and, and uh, always going to be ten-month-old. Oh, uh, do boy. you? Oh. Yeah. So it, life life gets a little bit more busier <laughs> and, and a little hectic. So it's hard to go to the gym as much as I want to go. But um, like I said, it's it doesn't have to be balls to the wall every, every day, you know. So I stay active. I just you know doing some walks at work, you know, every hour or so. Hey, get up! I go for like a, a little walk do some steps to, you know, just stay active, mm-hmm. always doing pushups throughout the day, always staying active, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, and as much as I can go to the gym, I'll go to the gym, but I just be smart with my nutrition and just stay active every day, you know? And to me that that's how you stay consistent. If you go balls to the wall every day, eventually you're going to probably drop off, you yeah. know? And I learned that, you know, cause in the beginning I did go balls to the wall, you know, and I was also a lot younger then. So it was, it was a little bit easier. And now like life gets more hectic and throws shit at you. And like I said, that, that mindset, that training kicks in and be like, all right, you know, we've been here before. We just know you just make adjustments and that's mm-hmm. what life's all about. You don't make excuses. You make adjustments. Your wife, she, I'm, I'm assuming she probably follows the same, uh, same path. Like she's, I'm sure she's very active with the kids. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, but nutrition, I'm sure you've probably you know the whole family's involved in yeah, that. Yeah, she's very very healthy person. Always always was. Um, you know, and doesn't doesn't really drink. You know, she'll have a glass of wine every once in a while, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously nothing like we were. So that's that's good too. Where that made that transition when I got sober, it was it was pretty easy. Um. You know, and yeah, she's she's all into she's you know into a healthy lifestyle as well. Do you get uh, my husband? He he drinks like occasionally. You know, if he has like three drinks a year or something, you know, that's like his limit. But um, does it make you uncomfortable if you're with a group of friends? You know that you know they drink and they decide not to drink because you're there. Um. No, I mean because. I'll, I'll tell them like, listen, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. You you have a drink, it doesn't bother me, you know. And you know, for the most part, they they they'll they'll have it. Um, you know, and and if they do make that decision where they don't want to because of me, then that's on them. If I tell them to go ahead and they don't want to, then all right, there's nothing I can. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, drink, drink, <laughs> you know, like take it. <laughs> yeah, if they don't want to, then that's fine. And I just. 
you know, look at it like it doesn't really affect me either way, to be honest with you. Yeah. I've, I've been in those situations, especially when I first got sober, like, or, you know, in the first year or two and people hadn't been around me and, and they're like, oh, you know, they didn't want to order something. And I'm like, it's not, it makes me more uncomfortable if you yeah. don't do what you were going to do anyway, you know, right? don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so any more kids? Are you guys having any more kids you think, or is this it? I think, Two I think, boys? I think that was it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we got the, with the two young boys and, and actually have a stepson who's 22 is her, her first son. So she's had she's got three boys. So oh, I think wow. she's she's done. Oh, wow. Uh, so. so three year old since he's the older one here, uh, you know, of the of the two. Is he going to be a baseball player like you were? I hope um, he's already I already got him in T-ball. So, you? It's, uh, you know, and I mean, I'm I'm going to have him play every sport, you know, and let him decide eventually what, what path he wants. Because, I mean, that's how I was like growing up. It was always baseball, soccer and basketball. I was always playing, you know, and played that all through high school. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever he wants to play, I'm, I'm going to let him play. But I'm definitely going to get, you know, get him into everything. Mm-hmm. Are, yeah, I have four kids and uh, three step kids. Our youngest is the only one that lives at home. He's 50. He'll be 16 this month. Um, mm-hmm. And he's huge baseball player, big football player. And being a freshman, he's going into his sophomore year of high school. And he's kind of feels like he's at this crossroads. Like, is this the year I need to commit to where, to what sport I want to really focus on and really try to excel at? And I'm like, D- you know, he's very athletic. I said, you know, just keep playing both right now. Right. And and I love going and watching. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when he's, <laughs> you know, not playing yeah. anymore because it's, you know, that's kind of what our jam is now. We just go and yeah, watch yeah. kids' yeah. sports. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, I know you are a busy man. You're a family man. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you got to go out there and, and spread the word. I love, um, I'm so glad you hit me up on Instagram. I love Instagram. And yeah. uh, because I've yeah, met so definitely. many very fascinating people um but i'm glad you hit me up on that and thank you for agreeing to you you just agreed to it you're just like yeah i'll come on the podcast yeah, absolutely man <laughs> I, I i love meeting people as well i love connecting i like talking to people so it's uh yeah i'm having fun with this awesome well if you're ever in kansas city come in first i'll yeah. take you out some, for some barbecue we, we oh nice you know one little cheat day is not bad <laughs> oh, that's fine. Believe me, I, lo- I love I love food. So it, it's that one cheat day. We'll 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 go all out on that one. <laughs> all right. Well, keep doing all the great things that you're doing, Chris. Um, and yeah, I want everybody. I'm going to put that on um, on the little blurb that I'll put out before the okay. podcast uh, hits hits the sound waves or whatever. But yeah, I want everybody to hit up you know your Go Primal and hit up your brand. And I'm going to go check out. Uh, because I've got your personal Instagram. I'll go check out the uh, brand Instagram now. All right. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. And I really appreciate you uh, letting me come on. All right, Chris. Well, you take care and let me know if you need anything, okay? All right. Definitely will. And uh, maybe you come on on my podcast. You'd be a guest. Yes, absolutely. I, I would like to hear more of your story. Perfect. Yeah, we'll set it up. <laughs> All right. Nice. Definitely. I'll send you uh, my, my calendar and we'll, we'll definitely make it happen. Okay. That'd be awesome. All right. Nice. All right. Well, you have a good rest of the evening, Chris. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Talk to you later.